Well, yeah. I mean, once you're able to kind of do that self that, and being a leader, like you said, I love that, 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 that verbiage of leading yourself, you know, it, it, everyone looks at that. They know it. I mean, you can feel it. You can feel it, like you said, in the confidence, you can feel that through the preparation and how, you know, it's, it's for your day feels more linear and not so much of these valleys and mountains, you know, like you're saying, right? Good morning and welcome to the Coffee with Jason podcast. Today, Jason is chatting with Brandon Wilkinson and Jarrett Lindgren. They'll be chatting about coaching, development, leadership, and culture, and what impact they have on your organization. Grab your closer's coffee and settle in to get all the wonderful details. But first, a word from our sponsor. For freshly brewed discussion on automotive sales and marketing, this is Coffee with Jason. The Coffee with Jason podcast is sponsored by Closer's Coffee. For that full-bodied, rich, sweet flavor with a bright acidity. Drink Closer's Coffee, stay caffeinated, and keep on closing. Find out more at closerscoffee.ca. Brandon, Jared, I really appreciate you guys, you know, taking the time, you know, to come on and, and jam with me today. You know, yeah. I, I've been looking forward to, you know, uh, finding a little bit about more what you guys do. Like I've seen, like I said, I, I've been watching you guys and and it, it, what's you guys are ramping up and your content. And I love the message you guys are putting out there. And, um, you know, I just, I, you know, for everybody out there that don't know, you know, who you are and how you guys kind of got started in this, if we can kind of start there, if you guys can give me kind of that two minute origin story of, you know, how this all came about, and then I'd love to deep dive in it after that. Yeah, I'll let Jared kind of take the reins with this one. Jared, if you're there, fire away. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. Um, well, to kind of the 30,000 foot view of me, I started on the in, in auto industry about eight years ago. And I got a job as a finance manager and I, I didn't know anything about the auto industry. I didn't even know what a finance manager was, but you know, I could make good money. Um, so I was like, yeah, sure, I'll do it. So I did it. And for the first year, it was like, it was tough. It was, it was a pretty big challenge. Nobody there had been, done the position before. Um, and I was just focusing on sales, sales, sales. Like it came from a bank before that. So um, put 100% of my focus into strategies and techniques and everything. And then after a year, I kind of shifted my focus onto personal development and, and working with, you know, on myself rather than just my sales skills. And I watched my income double, uh, in, in less than a year, which was, which I was pretty, pretty stoked with. Right. So I kept on riding that wave, ended up getting a job at another dealership, uh, as a sales consultant and did quite well in sales, got up to assistant sales manager, sales manager, and then a general manager. And once I got into the management position, I was just super excited to bring the personal side of things into, into the sales process. Cause it was kind of a new thing. Like it was like new age kind of, you know, almost a little taboo for guys to be worrying about <laughs> personal development. And when I actually met Brandon, it was actually on LinkedIn and I just reached out to him because I was, I liked a lot of the stuff he was posting. I looked into him and I was like, wow, he actually owns a dealership. And we met a couple of times. And I think after the third visit, Brandon was like, he, he just fired off an email to me about 20 months after we met. I was like, here's what I can do for you. Uh, which looked like it was pretty much coaching slash consulting. And then, so we worked together for about eight months. And then after, like during that time, I was just, you know, amazed at how much um, positive effect you could have just by focusing on the personal development side of things. And it was something that I was bringing to my team, but I, there, I didn't find anyone else that kind of had that same frame of mind. And eventually Brandon kind of uh, sat me down. I was like, Hey man, this is what, uh, this is what 2019 looks like for me. Uh, this is, kind of potentially what I see you doing. And, and for me, it was, uh, it, it was a big decision cause I did, uh, I did love my job. Um, <laughs> but I just saw this huge gap in the industry where that we can fill. Um, and there are, you know, don't get me wrong. There's lots of performance coaches out there, but there's not many that are, 
you know, specifically coming from the auto industry. So, you know, I saw the market, saw the needs, saw the value and obviously love working with Brandon. So it's uh, yeah, it's been a pretty cool, pretty cool ride so far. That's cool, man. That's, that's really yeah. cool. Yeah. And, and for everyone out there, uh, Brandon, that don't know your story, you know, yeah. kind of gives a little context there. You know, we'll, sure, you know, sure. Yeah. So I'll, I'll keep it short for you and brief. But like, <laughs> okay. I, can walk, I got I can all the time in the world. We can do this. I know. I could talk forever though. And that's, that's not uh, what I want to do. Uh, so the, the short version would be, I stumbled into the automotive industry like by accident at the age of 22. Wasn't at all what I was chasing. I, I don't have a passion for cars. I'm not that type of person. It was but I have a passion for helping people and serving. And, and, and so that's what I brought to the industry and, and it served well, uh, did well in sales and then did the traditional, like, you know, top sales performer moves into sales management, moves into general management. So went through that cycle. And then once I became a general manager, uh, what that did was it created new opportunities for me. And that's when I had the opportunity to buy into and partner in with the Chrysler franchise. So I was 20, Seven years old when I was a general manager. Um, we had a team of 55 people, uh, so it was, a, it was a big undertaking for me, but I uh, learned the hard way how to do things and not do things. Uh, so it went through that process, 28 partnered into a Chrysler franchise, and yeah, that was six years ago now. So um, two years ago, what's kind of unique is that um, as a Chrysler franchise dealer, um, and an independent dealer owner. Uh, the dealership is in Manitoba and I live in Kelowna, BC. So it's about a thousand miles away. And the way that that works, and I moved out here about two years ago with my family. And so the way that we did that was we set it up so that everybody was tied to the bottom line in the dealership. Um, not only that, but I think what's also made it work is that it's a very, and it's easy to say this, and you have to like go there to appreciate it, but it's a very trusting environment. Like you can come to me, you can come to the leaders of the organization with personal issues, professional issues. It doesn't matter. You have the privacy, you have the confidence that you come with us in, you know, and, and present something in confidentiality and it'll stay with us. So I think that's really critical to the success as well as just setting up a, a trusting environment. So, um, not much else done really well. I've been recognized by automotive news as one of the top 40 under, uh, automotive professionals in North America under the age of 40. Got that recognition a couple years ago. Wrote a book, Rethink Selling. It's out there doing its thing. It's done really well. And now, obviously, taking part in Rethink You with Jarrett's and excited to fill the void. Jared and I were talking the other day, I guess last week, with one of the top automotive sales trainers in Canada. He reached out to us, was curious about what we're doing because we had an article in the Canadian Auto World that grabbed his attention. And he recognized the need for it as well. He's like, man, just wanting to let you guys know that you're on the right track. There's a massive need. We have like an abundance of sales trainers. It seems like if I was to ask you to name, you know, three sales trainers in the automotive industry, you could probably list three off pretty quick. Of course. But if I was to ask you if you could name three performance coaches for the leaders of our industry, you'd be like, who? Like there, there really isn't somebody that comes to mind right away. And so we recognize that as, as something that uh, should be corrected. And I mean, let's be honest. I mean, we know that everything trickles from the top down, mm -hmm. but we're not really investing enough in the top level to have that profound effect on the salespeople. So, um, and a lot of the sales training honestly focuses, and I talk about this in my book, 
a lot of the sales training focuses on the strategies and not so much the mindset. For sure. And in the book, the first first thing that I say, and the reason why you only know 20% of sales is because success is 80% psychological, so mental, and only 20% of it is based on your skill set. And so, but it seems as though we're focused more on the skill set. It's like we have it backwards. It's like we're focusing 80% of our attention on the skill set and only 20% on the mindset and personal development and things of that nature. So we want to be able to bring to the table um, an opportunity for the leaders of the automotive industry, uh, give them an opportunity to grow and develop themselves and to start incorporating this mindset and, and culture into their dealerships so that it can transpire onto the salespeople and, and just, it'll, it'll have this trickle effect amongst the entire uh, organization. So, yeah. and, and I have to admit that's complete music to my ears because I, I, I've been in so many meetings with so yeah, many dealerships yeah. and you know, I deal on the marketing side and so many times do people look at me and think that marketing is the answer for them to sell more cars. But in reality, we need to actually look inwards. You'd be amazed how many meetings I have where I'm actually telling them not to spend more money with me. And I'm just saying, you know what, you know how much easier it would be to just work with your team, develop them out, train them, coach them. All right. And increase your closing ratio five more percent. Right of spending five more thousand dollars on a campaign to generate another 30 bodies in here where you're only going to close 25% of them. Yeah. All right. Spend that $5,000 invested into this on a yeah. monthly basis, you know, bring your closing ratio up at 5%. You're actually going to sell more than what you thought you were going to do in the first place. And you're going to end up generating a better team and yeah. you know, the after effects of all of that goes around. So I'm curious, I break this down into four different categories. So I'm kind of curious on where, which area you kind of sit is, you know, we, we train, we, we train on the effort. All right. The, the effort to sell, you know, or the effort to communicate, right. Then we develop, right. We develop out those efforts to be better, you know, throughout the dealership. Then we coach, and the coach is more of that one-on-one -on -one coaching the individual and how that they take a personal approach to the efforts and how they can be better with those efforts. And then the fourth level, unfortunately, the fourth level I'm a big fan of, but it doesn't get talked enough about at all, is actually developing out a team, really creating a team and doing team efforts and team building. I can't tell you how many meetings I've sat in where I got the parts manager on one side, the service manager on another side, the new car use manager. They're all sitting there. If I wasn't there, they'd be in a physical fist fight with each other yeah. because they they literally hate each other. You know, it's like they have lack of direction too. I think completely, well. and and because of that, the whole dealership's culture and everything suffers from it, and so on and so forth. So. Out of those kind of four spaces, you know, where are you guys kind of focusing? What's, where's, where's, where direction are you guys taking? Yeah. Uh, coaching hundred uh, percent. So that's, um, that's kind of why we're, our, our ideal candidates are in the management positions, whether it's sales manager, finance manager, general manager, even dealer principals. Um, so we're kind of going into this approach, assuming that they've already got the skill set. Mm -hmm. um, but what, what we're finding though is like they can be highly, highly skilled, but they're not getting the, the personal touch to kind of pick them up. That's going to keep them going throughout the day. Um, and when you talk about, you know, being a team, when you have a, uh, someone uh, like a leader at the top who is bringing unity to everyone is bringing that positive vibe. And like they, everyone's excited to see them and hear what they have to say. Um, the team all 
kind of melds together and your customers when they walk in they can feel it you know there isn't that division between well that's obviously used and that's new over there and then that's the parts and <laughs> like everyone starts working together and it's just like it creates a, a really really positive culture uh, and in return like it creates uh, high employer retention you know when I was working uh, at the Nissan dealership our turnover rate was 21 percent uh, which is about half of the industry average uh, around here um yeah, yeah I spent less time yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I, I agree with you. I, I think for the most part, dealerships will get to the point where they will um, train on the efforts and maybe develop out some of those efforts so that the performance is better. But then that third and fourth level, that coaching and team development just really kind of dies off. So let's, let, let's deep dive then into what's coaching because I hate to say it, but it is a little bit of a buzzword. Oh, you know, it's, it, it's, it's getting tossed around a lot, yeah. you know, and then everybody's got a kind of a different methodology, you know, when it comes to coaching. So, you know, I, I'll listen, I'll hear, hear from both you guys, you know, how do you define coaching? Uh, coaching for me, and it um, often is confused with consulting. The big difference is a consultant is going to tell you exactly what to do. Uh, it's not going to be your idea. They're just going to say, this is how I did it, and this is how you can do it, and you have to do it step by step by step by step. Um, so a consultant, and they often do have good results. You know, it's, a, it's been a proven method, and they'll tell you exactly what to do. Uh, the difference in a coach is, is uh, we have a true um, belief that everyone already has the answers for them inside them. Uh, and you can relate that back to anything. Um, if you're, if, let's say you're in sales and you're sitting at your desk and you know you should be making follow-up phone calls, but you're not, um, but you know you should, <laughs> that's where a coach is going to come in and start asking strategic questions and be like, well, what was it you were doing this morning? Um, so that's the, I, for me, the biggest difference between a coach and a consultant is, is a coach is there to kind of cheer you on and pick you up and hold you accountable. Um, and it's really just by bringing out the best in you and not uh, telling you what to do. Because there's a big difference when someone tells you what to do and then you go and do it versus it being your own idea and you take ownership of it and you go forward from there, right? I think that's a great answer. Yeah, I totally agree. I was going to say, if you're a parent, you can relate. It's like, or a coach of a sporting team or something, you can you know, tell your kids to do something until you're blue in the face or your team members to do something until you're blue in the face. And you're trying to figure out like, why hasn't this sunk in yet? I told them the answer. It's the right answer. It's what they're supposed to do. And it's because it wasn't their idea. Ultimately, it's like just we know that advice typically isn't sustainable. But once you turn that advice into their own idea, then all of a sudden it's it's within them and they want to expose that and they and it is more sustainable. It becomes their idea. So then they support it even more. And then your productivity goes up, your morale goes up. All of that are byproducts just by making it their own idea. And the way you do that is really through effective questioning. And to your point earlier, I mean, look, honestly, you're bang on. It's like coach is a buzzword. We've, Jared and I face the same thing, and you would have recognized this when you had your you had a Mitsubishi store, right? Yep. Yeah. So, like, as salespeople, it's the same thing. We had a negative stigma with being a car salesperson. Oh, you're a used car guy. And it's like, well, no, there's more to it than that. And same with coaching, right? It's, it's all about what you invest in yourself first. So in turn, you can better help, you know, support others and serve others. And so what we did is we went through a company called Performance Coach University. If you're familiar at all with Tony Robbins, it's his kid, Jarek, that put together the program. 
And it's accredited by the International Coaching Federation, which is the gold standard of coaching. So we went through, we paid a bunch of money, got certified, went through the whole course, did the exam, we did all that. So we're not just coaches, right? Like we actually have some credibility behind what we're doing. And I think inevitably, although there is, Jared's bang on, like there is, there are drastic differences between coaching and consulting. Mm -hmm. But what makes our position really unique as coaches is that as a current dealer myself, and as Jared recently, just recently removed from successfully being a general manager at a Nissan dealership, um, we're current and we're relatable. And we understand on a deeper level what the leaders of the or these organizations in the automotive industry are going through. And so inevitably, there's going to be some consulting tied into that coaching, although it'll be a small part of it. But that's, a, I think, a massive bonus to these organizations and to these dealers is that we have that experience that we can share with them. Well, you guys are actually practitioners in what you're, what you're doing. And, and I think that's really key, right? That's always been the key to my success is that, you know, every time we come up with a marketing strategy, that marketing strategy comes from a very uh, rich history and experience and operations and what, how it's actually going to affect or positively affect, you know, their day-to-day -day operations. You know, it's the same thing for you guys. You guys are not just... You know, you're, you're not just talking about something you guys don't actually do. You've done it. Wow. Now you're prepared to actually go and, and talk about it. You know, it, it, it took me, I, it was 10 years before I actually called myself a marketing expert. You know, I just, I, I, I literally, I didn't manage people in their marketing efforts. I physically did it. I did everything from the creation to the execution. I mean, my day was spent easily three to four hours of my day was spent in AdWords and Google Analytics. I mean, physically in there doing the whole thing. And I did this for years before I could even call myself, you know, an actual expert because I did it. I was a practitioner. I was physically in. And still today, it's funny, my team actually gives me a hard time because, you know, I'll walk into our, our, our ad team's room where they do, where they're, where they're working and, and I'll sit down at a computer and they're like, no, 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 Jason, go away. <laughs> like, you know, they're just like, you know, like, you're going to, I'm like, well, wait a second. I'm looking at that. If we yeah. move this to here, we add another layer of remarketing here, then this is going to like, Oh God, no, here he goes again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, they, man, they give me hard times. It's the amount of times that we've readjusted our strategy and added so many additional parts to our strategy, yet we don't charge more for my operations manager looking at me right now. He's giving me a hard time. <laughs> He's giving me a hard time. Um, but, but it's just, that's what you, that's what you do when you're a practitioner. It just is what it is, right? It's just, it's in us. It's just in our blood to do so. Um, here, when I think of coach, here's what I think of coach, right? Um, is I, I see someone that comes in and, you know, coach and strategy for me kind of goes hand in hand. You know, it's, you'd be amazed how many times I sit at a dealership to do a marketing strategy and end up spending more time talking about operations than I do talk about actual marketing, right? Yeah. It, it is because, but there's an actual plan in place. I mean, I, well, I grew up, I had a coach, I was heavy, heavy, heavy into track and field, you know, and I, I did it. Yeah. All, for many, many years, all through middle school, through high school, competitively, you know, and I, I love doing it, but my coach would consistently come to me with a program. It was a place, something that I was going to, but built for me as an individual, not something that was going to be for everybody, right? Yeah. Every, every person on that team was slightly different. You know, I was a smaller guy. 
um, you know, I was, I just, I, I was a smaller guy. I didn't have the height that it wasn't going to have the weight of the other throwers that I was throwing against. I did shot put disc and javelin. Right. But, you know, but for me to compete with them, I had to out spin them. When you think of the discus and shot put, you, you spin in a, yeah. in a ring to throw it. It's yeah. all about centrifugal force. Um, so I had to outspin them because I was never going to outpower them. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, my coach came up with a plan for me and, oh my gosh, I mean, I practice dry spins three, 400 times a day, Yeah, you know, just again and again and again and again and again, because yeah. it just, in that, because that was going to be my space, yeah. you know, is that kind of, I mean, is that kind of your guys' approach? Is you really kind of come in with this catered strategy? I think just to chime in there just briefly for a second, I'll let Jared take over. But um, I was just having this conversation with my nutritionist today. My, I have a nutrition coach and a, and, a, and a fitness coach. And so I had a, I had a fitness and nutrition coach uh, last year as well. This is a different one now. But I remember when I first got signed up with them and they're like, okay, we're going to have you track your intake on this app called MyFitnessPal. I was like, okay, I didn't really know anything about it or whatever. I was like, no problem. And whole oh, man, is it a lot of work? It is like <laughs> tedious stuff. It's just yeah. not enjoyable. You gotta create your own recipes, input all the nutrients, and everything. And it's just like, oh man. But I tell you what, I really liked my nutrition coach, like like personally, like I and I didn't want to let them down. And so mm-hmm. there's that accountability without even forcing it. It's just when you have somebody else there that you don't want to let down, you, you level up, you For bring sure. you to another level. And, and, and then what happens is what you're doing is you're starting to develop these innate habits. They're starting to take over. And so you do that, you know, I do this fitness tracking. Uh, I started doing it last year and I'm continuing to do it with my new nutrition coach as well. It's just something that was such a pain in the beginning. Honestly, it didn't want to do it. But then once I got into a rhythm of doing it, it became habitual. It was like I did not want to do it. It's, it's weird. So that's to touch on kind of what you were saying, Jason. Same idea, different, but same idea. So, yeah, I agree with what you're saying. But it's funny, though, because you say that because I was um, I have a buddy of mine that's a personal trainer. And I'm, I'm just like, yeah, I just got to stop calling yourself a personal trainer. It's yeah. the wrong word. It's yeah. more like you're a personal coach. Yeah, there's, there's a huge difference between training and coaching. And I just, I mean, you guys tell me, and I'm curious, you know, to hear your, your guys' thoughts on this is training is just training on the efforts. It's like, here's how you do, you know, a, a press, you know, a, a chest press, right? Here, here's, here's how you do a pull up, you know, it, but that's just the effort. That's not, that, that's not coaching, right? To, to, to combine both efforts and performance together, like what your nutrition coach does, right? It's a coach. That's what it does. You know, a training is the execution. You know, you get your coaching first and then you move into the training. <laughs> you do need both, you know, they work hand in hand. Um, just to kind of summarize what both of you kind of identified, in my opinion, kind of where coaches is you need to at first identify what the problem is. You need to strategize and develop a plan. And then I'm gonna, we're going to create a tracking system for you to see how well you're doing. So the next time we talk, I can hold you accountable and be like, hey, man, you, know, you said you're going to work on waking up uh, 15 minutes earlier this, over the last week. How did you do with that? And they're like, well, you know, I was up late one night. And like, it's like, well, man. And so that's really what a coach does is they'll call you out on, on your, you know, on any of this stuff you're slacking off, right? Accountability. I, I actually think that that, yeah. that is probably a very big defining word that we that's can you. use for a coach because that's not trainers can it, it, you train on the effort. That's yeah. it. Yeah. You know, I don't 
there's not always accountability, you know, tied into training. It's just like, here's the ABCs on how to sell a car. Yeah. Right. Um, now let's, just hand it <laughs> yeah, you go. Here's your step one step, which, which needs to be done. Don't get me yeah. wrong. It does. Right. I mean, you, you got to start somewhere. Right. But then coaching is now the development of those efforts and then holding someone accountable for the development of those efforts. Yeah. So yeah. I think that's cool. So well, let's, let's, let's get the, let's get more, let's get more into practical. Let's get, let's get a few tips out there and advice to some of the people. So we're thinking right now, the people that be listening to this podcast, right? So we have, you know, owners that are listening. We have uh, dealer, we have owners, dealer principals, we have managers, we have salespeople, <laughs> a lot of vendors that listen to this too. Um, <laughs> you know, let's say if we were to give three points of advice when it comes to coaching your team, because right, coaching, the idea of a coach, of coaching your team, an idea is only as good as how well we can execute it. So at the end of the day, if the dealership or the dealership's owner or general manager can coach their team, great. If they can't coach their management team or their sales team, then they need to hire someone to do so. That's just bottom line, right? That's where we're going with this. Um, so what would be the three biggest things, you know, or three pieces of advice you would give to an owner or a sales manager on coaching? So in order to, to help others and serve others uh, with 100% effectiveness, is it needs to start with you. And it actually, it's reverse. It's not, you need to focus on strategies and read this book. It's actually, how do you start your morning? Like as soon as you wake up, what does your morning look like? Because mm -hmm. that's actually when your day starts for work is, is before you get to work, right? Uh, so developing a healthy morning routine and what you're thinking about, you know, what state of mind um, are you going to walk into work in? So I think developing a morning routine is like one of the very first things to lead an effective team. <laughs> and then activating a peak state. Um, so when we say peak state, that's when you can look back on a memory where you just felt on top of the world, like you were stoked, you were happy, you were so proud of yourself and like confident and be, to be able to, you know, bring that state of mind, you know, at, just by snapping your fingers uh, is huge because you don't want to walk in, like if you're having a bad time at home, you don't want to walk up to your team, you know, your shoulders are slumped over and you're talking kind of quiet, you're like, hey guys, you know, you know no, you got to be like, you got to get in there and like, like you're the captain, you know, yep. get them cheered up. And then um, having a, a, a positive or sorry not positive having a, um, a strong sense of gratitude towards your team I think is is huge um, when I was you know often with our with our sales teams uh, and meetings and with the service staff as well I'd make it quite clear to them that I know uh, that they could work anywhere they want right now you know uh, there is no shortage of work out there <laughs> and I understand that you are choosing uh, to work here you know for reasons and it's not you working for me I'm really here to work for you guys and when you can shift that mentality and make sure your staff understand that you're there for them not the other way around like they they love going to work they, they get to go to work they don't have to go to work <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I totally agree I totally agree with what Jared's saying we're we're aligned in that message and I think to drive that point home a little further or to summarize, essentially it's, it's maybe there are three things, there could be five things, but I think the one biggest thing would just be like, if you can effectively lead yourself, then you're going to be able to effectively lead others. Mm -hmm. Right. And so Good I point. think it's easy to say, but it's so hard to do and to do consistently and have the discipline and the drive to want to do it as well which is why we, why we talk about activating your big why and having a reason for what you do day in and day out. 
And so it circles back a little bit to what Richard Branson talks about. And he's like, your clients don't come first. Your people come first. And mm-hmm. if you take care of the people, they will take care of your clients. And we, we know this, it's from a billionaire entrepreneur, but we almost bypass it. It's almost just like words. But if you really hear what he's saying, it's in essence, lead yourself first so you can effectively lead your team who will effectively take care of your clients. And so if you want to coach your team effectively, learn how to coach yourself first, and then that will transpire onto your team. And, and it sounds like, Jerry, what you were saying there to kind of get that started, Brandon, is um, preparation. You know, you, you, you got to get in the morning. You got to be prepared. You know, yeah. this, this isn't going to just happen on its own. Like you got to get mentally and physically prepared. So, you know, you, you, I get up at 5 a.m. You know, yeah. I get my two hours of just kind of getting the motor going and, you know, getting myself going before the kids wake up and I can do everything else. It's getting yourself prepared. And then routine, right? Routine. Like you got to if you're not intentional with your time and really create that day, that, that daily routine, you're going to, you're going to lose out. Right. And then I love the last one to really kind of practice gratitude. And it sounds like if you can kind of nail these three things, preparation, routine, and gratitude, you know, then you're able to kind of, like you said to your point, Brandon, is, is you get to be a leader of yourself. Now you're in a place where you can actually go and lead others. Yeah, yeah, totally agree. Yeah. So in the book, um, and this isn't a pitch, it's just to touch on what you said about preparation, Jason, it, it goes back to like developing momentum. And mm-hmm. so in the book, I talk about uh, the 3 p.m. rule, which is preparation plus proactive plus persistence equals momentum. So when you're prepared, the more prepared you are, the more confident you are, or the more confident you are. It, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what you're doing, right? We talked about baseball and using it as a reference earlier. The more times you're in the batting cage, that's what you're doing is you're preparing for the game. So you're going to have more confidence when you go to the plate kind of thing. But you have to also be proactive and, and in doing that and staying consistent and disciplined with it as well. And so proactive, being proactive is really progression. And progression is living. If you're growing every day, if you're developing every day, then you're living every day to its fullest, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And the third thing is persistence. It's like you have to be resilient because you're going to run in some tough freaking times, man. Like it's going to be hard. Right. It's like the, we see this picture all the time, especially in the life of an entrepreneur or business leader. It's like your emotional roller coaster, right? It's just like this day in and day out, it's peaks and valleys. And so the, the ability to, to maintain a peak state when you're in the valley is critical. And that comes from persistence and resilience. And then once you're able to do that, you develop a momentum. And for me, when I'm surrounded by people, I know when people are innate, have, have momentum developed and I want to ride that wave with them as much as possible. And so that's what you're doing as a leader is you're developing this momentum that other people just are automatically attracted to. How do I get on that wave? What did you do? You know, what have you done and how can you lead me to this? Well, yeah. I mean, once you're able to kind of do that self that, and being a leader, like you said, I love that, 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 that verbiage of leading yourself, you know, it, it, everyone looks at that. They know it. I mean, you can feel it. You can feel it, like you said, in the confidence, you can feel that through the preparation and how, you know, it's, it's for your day feels more linear and not so much of these valleys and mountains, you know, like you're saying, right. Yeah. Um, you know, guys, I, I think this is great. I, I, I really appreciate you guys coming on today and, and jamming with me. Um, I think there's some serious value here, you know, for the listeners out there. And um, I hope, you know, people are actually taking notes. If you were driving, don't take notes. Listen to it later. Um, <laughs> you, know, you know, but at the end of the day, when it comes to coaching, either you're going to make the commitment and, and, and 
be the leader yourself, mm-hmm. all right, or you're going to have to look outwards and you're going to have to hire someone to do so. Don't, don't, be, the, don't be the jack of all trades and masters of nothing, right? right? Um, you know, make the decision. If this is what you're going to be, then do it. If not, then you need to get a hold of a real proper coach. And I, I, what you guys are doing and your methodology, I'm, uh, I'm super excited to see. And I, I, I'm looking forward to seeing your guys' company progress. And um, you know, if for people out there that are listening to this and would love to connect and find out a little bit more about what you guys are doing, what is the best way to connect with you guys? Now, well, you can jump onto our website. It's Rethink You. So that's the capital U, not Y-O-U, uh, .ca. <laughs> uh, we've got contact tabs on there. And then you can reach out to us both on LinkedIn. Uh, we have Instagram and YouTube channel as well. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Hey, thanks again, guys, so much. I really appreciate you jamming with me today. Yeah, thank right. you, Jason. Love what you're doing, man. Keep it up, buddy. Thanks. Okay. Thanks. All right. Okay. Thank you. We covered a bunch of great topics today. What stood out most to you? Be sure to let us know in the comment section below. And don't forget to like the post and share it to keep the conversation going. You can follow Jason on all social media platforms by following Strategy with Jason. You can find him pretty well everywhere you can share content. I hope we were able to get you thinking. And until the next time, this has been Nathan with Digital Dealership Solutions. Have a great day.